your Australian accent sounds like her. <gasps> uh, oh, oh I'm f- so flattered. Um, hold on, I'll find out the actress's name for you. <laughs> oh, we should oh, mention we the bracket. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we yeah. will. We will. That's now a priority. Because the listeners are all involved as well. Yes, they I are. I love how you were like, I'm only 39th. Yeah, in the freaking I've, world, Beth. I didn't, I didn't know. I just, that was the one thing that popped up. And I was like, I'm 39th. I thought we had a bunch of people. We have like 12. Oh. <laughs> um, more like I just at need to remember to always 20. scroll down. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Okay, so we got that. Um. So yeah, we'll mention the bracket. And I think that's it. Shall I do the countdown? Yeah. All yeah. right. Five, four, three, two, and one. Hello, world, in a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Happy Hour Podcast. My name is David Roger, and it is May 24th, a lovely May 24th with excellent weather all over the place, and I hope that's the same for you wherever you are in the country or around the world. Uh, I am... What? I can verify. It's nice here today. Oh, I thought you said you couldn't hear me. I was like, shit. (laughs) I started so strong. We're one second in. We're one second in, and Dave's already been interrupted once. This is a new happy hour record. I'm at MetalDave01 on Twitter, and I'm joined by everyone else. Beth... (laughs) Hi, Ashley. It's going to be a podcast nope. of interruptions. If Hi, everybody. Were, if, Thanks for speaking, <laughs> Ashley and Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to be this our statistician, <laughs> please inbox the podcast on Twitter <laughs> with your resume. <laughs> <sighs> And please submit it to happyhour at theathletic.com. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's the Montreal Gazette now. We switched. Oh, yeah. Oh, did we? Oh, no. Okay, yeah, we did. Because the Athletic were treating us pretty bad because they couldn't pay us. <laughs> I would like to know our pot shots per minute, though. I bet it's quite high. So I don't. I don't know if this is a thing in Canada, but in America, there's these commercials that come on TV, and it's this old man, like, in a slum in another country. And it's always, Canada like, has commercials. No, it's not co- these specific commercials. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. And he's like, for just 59 cents a day, you too can sponsor this child for food. And whenever I see the screenshots of the athletic sales, I, that's all I think of is, just for 49 cents a month, oh. you too can <laughs> sponsor <laughs> these poor... Media people. Who's the girl, the lady that they have with the dogs? Um, for Sarah, McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin comes on to the athletic and she's like, even you can help these starving, <laughs> repugnant writers. I'm going to say, I feel worse for the dogs. Yeah. These statisticians try their hardest every day to be- to demean every sport that they're a part of and with a donation of 5 cents every week we can we can afford a six pack every other day please donate for the love of god oh god oh. So, um, this might be the quickest we've ever devolved into this. Oh, no. This oh, is. Yeah. I'm having fun, though. This is good. I mean, not to say that the other ones aren't fun, but this was a good start. <laughs> um, I, I agree. 
Yeah. So, um, okay, we got some playoff hockey happening. Um, the Caps make it to the final with the Knights, whatever. But yeah, the Caps, hooray, good for them. That's very Yay, cool. I'm really excited. I, man, I, I think, I think the Knights are gonna take it. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like the power of Ovechkin. I can't. I mean, he's he's. I. This is the first time he's been in a final. I think for the Caps, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's a whole. It's He's a, never been past the second round. It is right, and the then the narrative becomes like, oh, Flurry's a net again, and Ovechkin's like, oh, not again. And Angus knows that too. <laughs> well, what he's really pumped about is not even Washington winning, but how Tampa just kind of handed them the victory. Let's talk about that for sure. Two shutouts in a row, but for Holtby. I think it took something like 14 minutes into the third period mm. of a game seven for Tampa to get a shot on net that period. Yes, I was reading that as well, for sure. I feel That's... like there should have been a little more urgency, perhaps. And as the um, illustrious Tony Marinero stated, um, maybe Tampa Bay could have used a Jonathan Drouin. They sure could have used a yeah. or perhaps, an offensive-minded center. <laughs> or perhaps <laughs> a, uh, a Jonathan uh, Marchessault. Or maybe oh, an Angus yes. the cat, or perhaps an <laughs> Angus the cat, because Angus is a very opinionated about this. It seems. Yeah, he feels strongly about Tampa. Yeah, so we that, we both do. So that's going to be a really interesting series. I'm going to try to catch the opening game on Monday at the local bar because Monday is Memorial Day in the United States. Oh, nice. And uh, so I'll have off, and I can just do whatever the hell I want, and it'll be very cool. And. Uh, yeah, that should be very fun. Now, the reason I bring this up, though, unless we have anything else to talk about regarding the two teams there. <clears throat> well, for me, I just wanted to sort of highlight what um, uh, Tampa's sort of absolute inability to score in the final two games. And, like, I was actually – I mean, I was super excited for the Caps last night because Ovi was so into it. But Oh, yeah. Like, He's how... like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, it's just, how do you do that? Like, you're the home team. It's game seven. I mean, I, I realize that that hasn't boded well for home teams this season or in, in these playoffs. But, like, there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. What for happened? Sure. And I just remembered I have an Ovechkin story. Sort of, kind of. That plays into, okay, it's, it's a little off the beaten path, as most of our <laughs> stories are. But... <laughs> It's fair. Okay, it's fair. How, how to start this. Okay, I have a friend. Her name is Aurora. Aurora um, is a event coordinator, manager type of person. So she goes and gets like concerts together for venues and whatnot. <gasps> and because of that, I can get, I used to be able to get into like uh, DJ concerts, like EDM shows, dance music, all that stuff. And that was one of the things I used to do years ago. Not yesterday, years ago. <laughs> and, um, she, because of all of her pull and all of her like uh, contacts and whatnot, um, she was in Las Vegas when the Kings won the cup, and that was 2013, perhaps. Sounds right. It wasn't that long ago. Anyways, Los Angeles Kings are in the VIP area, and Aurora's also in the VIP area, so she got to hang out with a bunch of the Kings of that era, and who walks in with a dirty t-shirt and, like, jeans and crappy shoes about Alexander Ovechkin? And he just starts 
partying his tail off with the LA Kings just because he happens to be there. And she <laughs> said that he was, because she's a very aesthetic person, but he was like just dogging it that night, not caring about <laughs> Like a slob. Any, a slob. Guy came out of a dumpster in this club <laughs> in Vegas, essentially, because that's what she said. And like he didn't have one, one of his teeth in and stuff, and he just looked like hell, but... The thing that she remembered the most was just how much fun he was having, like checking out the cup, talking with all the players on the Kings. And the Kings were thrilled that he was there, too. And it was just it, it was just such a crazy story because Aurora doesn't know a thing about hockey, at least at the time she didn't. And I was like, I can't believe you met Alexander Ovechkin because, yeah, she met him, too. You know, said, oh, hey, what's up? He's like, and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> So That's I'd, a cool story. He is a man child. <laughs> that is the point. <laughs> that is yeah. the point. And that he's he's enjoying it. Like last night. Oh yeah. You know, when his teams when his teammates were scoring and at the end of the game and then grabbing the whatever it is, the Prince of Wales trophy. Mm -hmm. He's just like he's just enjoying it, soaking in every minute. And it's not like he's loving the game. At, he's loving the game. And I mean, I think the fans are making it a lot about him, but he is not. No, like he's mm. like he's just there. Mm. Like the the quote that I put on Twitter. I mean, I don't think I'm not sure that it, it came across because I didn't put quotation marks. But he literally said, like, the first interview, at least the first interview that they televised, said he said they said, "How do you feel?" And he said, "Happy, happy for the boys, happy for the team, can't wait." You know, but like it was just like for the boys and the team. Not myself, you know, everything that I've been through to get here, every time I've not been able to attain this level or let alone, you know, making it to the previous round, et cetera, et cetera, just nothing about him. And uh, so, and I mean, I think that that's what's, ha what's working right now for the team is that they're sort of the same way as the biggest Golden Knights. They're just moving forward as a unit. And they're all there for each other. Anyway, right, I, went, right. I went down a bit of a different path, but he's, um, the, I, I like that he's, it's, it's not about himself, even though he must be freaking ecstatic. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know? And I, I really do enjoy that he is definitely one that just wears his emotions on his sleeve out yeah. on the ice like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like he, he could not wait for the seconds to tick down at the end of that period to jump on the ice to celebrate. <laughs> and I just, the pure joy that you see on his face in a regular game, let alone a game like that, is just very refreshing to see. Um, yes. I don't know if any of you follow his wife on Instagram, um, but I do. Nope. And she has the best Instagram stories, second only to Angela Price. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> last night, um, like she posted like when they got home and they got off the plane and he's walking over with the trophy and then you see it like in the back seat of the car as they're driving <laughs> away. Um, and then today um, he spent he spent the day like swimming in the lake near their house with his dog <laughs> and just hanging out like and he just he he's a very I feel like he's a very down to earth person like yes he has all this money and things like that but he's he's getting to do the things that he loves. He gets to play the sport that he loves with a team that he loves that he's been with his whole career. And then to celebrate, he gets to spend the day with his wife and his dogs and be out on a lake. And I dream. think that's really cool for him. Yeah. And I'm really excited for him. I heard. Um, so 
<clears throat> our listeners may know this, um, but I uh, recently became the proud new owner of a Jeep. <laughs> you managed to bring it up already. Good for you. <laughs> that wasn't even on the docket. She I snuck it right in there. <laughs> I love this Jeep. Um, everybody at the office is super, had been, I'd gotten everybody super invested in this purchase and, you know, the ups and downs of really? the whole negotiating process. And, oh, yeah. You? I get people involved. Um, <laughs> and so it was funny because just today, what, the guy who sits next to me, he's like, uh, how, how are you doing? And I go, I miss my Jeep. And he goes, well, what? Why? Where is it? And I go, it's across the street. It's parked in the parking lot. <laughs> I haven't seen it since this morning. But anyway, all this to say, the Jeep comes equipped with Sirius radio, Sirius satellite Sirius radio or XM. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got, it comes with a year's free subscription. And I was listening to the NHL channel today, this morning. And I heard some guy, I think it was a, a, a guy who's like a Washington Capitals a reporter or a commentator or whatever. And he was saying that, you know, like, you know, this silly superstition about not touching the trophy and everything for the conference finals. It's ridiculous. And how he sort of encouraged um, and he didn't even need to encourage Ovi to touch it, you know, like he didn't just touch it. He grabbed it. He took, he marched it all around the ice and picked it up like it was it his, his car keys. Yes. <laughs> but apparently Ovi slept with it last night. <laughs> he had it in his bed last night. What so a guy. So he's enjoying oh this for all it's worth. So two he is a to man to child. Yeah. <laughs> I have Love two it. things to add to that. One, Veronica, welcome to the Jeep Owners Club. It's I've never loved a vehicle like I love my Jeep. I didn't know it was possible to love a vehicle that much. So <laughs> welcome. No, I'm glad you've experienced this. <laughs> the community is so embracing, and it's just it's so wonderful to be a you, part of this. You will never park alone again. There will always be a Jeep near you. <laughs> I'm <know>. serious. <laughs> um, I see him the place now <laughs> and my second point i don't think i realized they could take that trophy home with them i, I didn't either i had no I idea where it was presented and then nobody <laughs> gave a shit and it went away i'm I pretty didn't sure know this was a thing given the context of the story as we heard so far ovi stole it <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely possible well but i mean like Somebody would have seen him with it on the plate. It wasn't where, like, he hid it in, like, a, a satchel <laughs> or his pocket. duffel bag. <laughs> and I think he, that, like, would just, it was in his hands. And he walked off the plane yeah. and hugged Nastia. And then they got I'm in the car. and take then... this from me? I don't think so. I was going to say, are you going to tell Ovechkin no. now? <laughs> no. Just look how happy he is. So don't just take this away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. And anyway. That's a great Jeep story. I like that. Um, is there anything else to add? What, what's your favorite station on Sirius XM, aside from hockey? Uh, <clears throat> 80s on 8. 80s on 8. Yes, classic. Uh, it's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, number one. The number one, it's called The Hits or whatever. Yeah, Hits 1 with the uh, morning crew. Uh, yes. And so far, that's about it. The Elvis channel, we've gone past a few times. Um, There's oh, a coffee house one that's channel. quite good. Oh, I haven't tried that one. Mm -hmm, check it out. Yeah. 
But, you know, remember my story about Vegas, the car that we took to uh, the Grand Canyon? Oh, yeah. And it had that radio in it. And that's, I didn't even realize that it was serious. But the channel, I think it's channel 50, the groove. Mm-hmm. I guess it was only good that one time. Because every time I've come back to it, it's just like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, that's too bad. Isn't that the worst? It, Sometimes. Maybe it's only Saturday afternoons. That's that could be a, a thing too. They might have like certain DJs on on certain days and such, and oh. um, yeah, that could be a thing. Say, I heard a song that I hadn't heard in a million years, and no, none of you will have heard of it. Mister Telephone Man by New Edition. Oh yeah, no. I don't know. So, I don't know any of those words. Mm-mm. I heard it. I heard it that day, and it was so funny. Just the lyrics are ridiculous. And it's just that kind of thing that it's just like, you know, I haven't heard this in a million years. Wow. Yeah. That is such a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Mm -hmm. Forgetting about a song and then having it pop up. You're like, yes. Do you want to know the lyrics? There's a guy, he's calling the operator. like, And he's like, Mr. Telephone Man. There's something wrong with my line. When I call my baby's number, I get a click every time. Mr. Telephone Man. And I'm just listening to these words. I'm wow. like, who wrote these? And he's singing them like he's serious. And it's just such a fun song. That does sound fun. That's the end. Finny. <laughs> so and see. the first um item on my list <laughs> to talk about, <laughs> the reason I mentioned the Stanley Cup Finals is because oh, right. Hockey. Beth <laughs> pretty much won the Happy Hour bracket. Um, she cheated, but she did oh. win. How can you cheat? She cheated with her psychic powers. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I can't believe a host won it. I was hoping that wouldn't I'm be sorry. the case, but if a host did I win, that it would have been me. But that wasn't the case. Um, Listen, uh, I did. Put- I did my part to not win. So, <laughs> who was so in second I. place? We should give the prize to the person in second yes. place. That's exactly what I was thinking. And the person's name in second place is called. Wait. Uh oh. Wait, 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 wait. Should we wait until is? Are they guaranteed second place? They are like, guaranteed, guaranteed for... second. Well, actually, oh. no, they're not. They're not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here's what's happening. We'll evolve that. <clears throat> This person is guaranteed either second or third because if the Caps win, that means Beth and Veronica are first and second in. What? Yeah, the bracket. No, 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 no. But I yes, only yes, yes, got yes. that right out of my whole thing. Yeah, but if the Caps win, you get like an extra 100 points. You get bumped up like three <gasps> spots. I was going to say it's worth a million points. Worth one million points. But okay. granted, if that happens, it would still be the same person that would be getting second oh. or third. So yeah, we might yeah. as well mention them anyway. Okay, yeah. I yeah. just I just did the math in my head with my calculator I'm, brain. I'm excluded. I'm exempt. Unfortunately. From the prize. So uh, with that being said, the listener winner is BJ Birdie, whoever that is. BJ Birdie. BJ, BJ Birdie. Birdie. BJ Birdie. Is that his Twitter handle? His or her Twitter handle? I'm not <laughs> Did sure. Did you just say Twitter handle? <laughs> I may have. BJ <laughs> Birdie's Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm so happy about what just happened in that sentence. <laughs> BJ Birdie's Twitter handle. That's BJ Birdie, Twitter. you should add us so we know her. who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Add yeah. Us. Or tweet Hopefully. at Happy Hour, please. That's who I meant. And we will. <laughs> oh, wait. Who is this? No, this is not who would. Wait, what? No. <gasps> Negative. Wait, maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe we could talk about this later. 
while we're waiting, <laughs> I will say that um, the reason that, I mean, I had the caps in the final because I just thought this, it's not going to happen again, you know, and I, I didn't, I, I wasn't that optimistic about Pittsburgh this year either. But for mm-hmm. me, the main, most important thing that happened, and uh, Ashley did this as well, she sort of put together her bracket voting with her heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did as well. So I mm-hmm. had Toronto getting knocked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then Boston getting knocked out, knocked out in the second round. And then mm-hmm. Tampa getting knocked out in the third round. So that was my genius. Agreed. And they're all gone. My heart told me it was going to be Winnipeg, though. So mm-hmm. I yeah, had I the had pens. LA. I had the pens like a fool. A blind, cool. blind it seems, fool. It seems plausible. <laughs> Damn it. Do you know what, though? The kind of cool thing about this playoffs is, like, at the start, we mm-hmm. kind of all had different people predicted to win it. And they mm-hmm. all seem equally as likely, which has made this playoffs kind of a lot of fun. Except for yeah. the Knights, who are ridiculous there was something i read on twitter today that the leafs had a goals against like 28 goals against and the vegas golden knights have 27 goals against the entire playoffs (laughs) they're 12 and 3 i was saying they've only lost two or three games they are an obscene obscene team the thing is though but good for them i can't remember if i've said this on the podcast or just outside of it before they might win this year but they're not making the playoffs next year. No, I don't I think so either. I feel quite comfortable saying that. <laughs> they could win the cup this year, and I don't think they'll make the playoffs next year at all. I know. No. Where, where can I place my bet on So, that? yeah, my bet's going to be they're going to make uh, – they're going to win the cup two more times after this. Done. <gasps> it's just – Whoa. They're going to, like, three-peat? Yeah. I mean – Really? Why would, now. How would they ever slow down? Well, um, not not having the same players. Well, they have like close to thirty million in cap space, and that's enough to sign like Neil again. It's just it, it's an, it's an outrageous uh, off season that they're going to have once it happens, you know. But, but um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I think they're going to be good again next year. But I think, as we know, just because you have the money doesn't mean you have things to spend it on. True. Yeah. So it's there, and it's very possible, I suppose. I stand by my prediction, though. Mm-hmm. And but, I am, I'm also kind of siding with Ashley's previous assertion in the last episode about McPhee not being the genius <laughs> necessarily that everybody seems to think that he is. And it, it was, I was reminded this week that McPhee thought that they were going to be garbage this year. I'm also reminded that everybody is lauding him now, but he also traded for Alexi Emelin, who I love dearly, <laughs> I but too. he he chose. No, yeah. no, no. I'm thinking of Poyle. I'm sorry. I'm getting it all mixed up. He did. He chose Emelin. Yeah. And then Poyle and not who, who also everybody is revering traded for Emelyn. There we go. Now I've got it straight. That's so right. I just I just find it interesting that these 
GMs that everybody praises make some interesting choices that nobody then talks about. So That was so funny, though, when <laughs> Hoyle acquired Alexi Evelyn. Because After McPhee <laughs> chose him. Exactly. The fans in Montreal were twisting themselves into a lemon, trying to justify how this was a genius maneuver on Hoyle's <laughs> part. That was, was a funny day on Twitter, I have to say. All that to say, all GMs are human. They yeah. may make some good choices. They're probably also going to make some poor choices. Back yeah. in more innocent times. Yeah, remember those days. Mm. Nobody's yeah. got a crystal ball. Those are all very good. Yes, nobody has a crystal ball. Exactly. Nobody. Um. Yeah. As soon. Somebody... Except for Huey. Right. Oh. Yeah. Cristobal mm. Huey. <laughs> ah. 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 That was a good one. Come on, people. I deserved a better pity to laugh than that. Cristobal. Cristobal Huey. Okay. I loved Huey. <laughs> Can I also just say that the the knights are not going to have the same attitude, simply exactly. because they won't be the rejects anymore, as we have said exactly. before. But I wanted to reiterate that, that is a no, you're better right. point exactly that I right. didn't think about. That's a very good point. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, given that we are a Habs podcast, we actually do have some Habs news to get into. I think most importantly, the top thing to mention is Antti Niemi. One year, yes, nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a little bit of a. Um, promotion from his previous 700,000 which i think was his previous um mm-hmm. you know salary right mm-hmm. because it and it's 750 just, what and then 900 now yeah 950 yeah. now um, 700 before i believe okay. yeah regardless the, that contract was signed by someone else though yes it was either that florida or the panthers because niemi had like two or three teams before he dallas. became a hab was it pittsburgh florida was he in Dallas? He was in Dallas first. Then mm-hmm. Florida picked him up, I think, off of waivers. Mm-hmm. Then he got put on waivers after a disastrous game or two or three. Pittsburgh pick, picks him up, and he had a seven goals against with Pittsburgh for like a game or two. Yeah, wasn't waivers. Good. And then the Habs were like, Antti, please, we have Finnish people like Lekkonen. He needs a father figure. <laughs> Come with us. And, well, what uh, it was there is, yeah, you keep going. Sorry. Oh, no, that that was pretty much it. But, yeah, whatever um, the Habs thought at the time, they're like, we need an anti-Niemi in the system. And it's I think it was because desperation was when Montoya was hurt, no? <laughs> it had to do with Montoya, yeah. It was yeah, super, concussion. super early in the season. And was it like that? Because if that's the case, then it makes sense. Um, it, it must have been something like, well, we can bring Lindgren up. And leave Fucali to the Wolves in Laval. And mm-hmm. then whatever else happened with that. But yeah, logically, I, they I, wanted to pick up, number one, a guy with a pedigree and cheap. <laughs> well, didn't he I'm, come I'm up gonna... on waivers? Yes. <clears throat> and that was yes, that's how they got him from saying, Florida. Oh, this guy's on waivers. Uh, that's the guy you've got to get. It, mm-hmm. It'd be... I think at least in like technical hockey acquisition terms, it's a very easy get and they had the cap space for it. Mm-hmm. And plus 700,000 bucks for a former Stanley cup champion, even though he had terrible games, but his former coach when he won the Stanley cup with Stefan Waite, who happens to work with the Habs. <laughs> and there it was. And then as everyone knew throughout the season, he wasn't spectacular, but holy crap, did he improve as time went on until, and this is a Twitter post and God damn it. I can't recall who posted it, but Anthony Emmy, had the highest save percentage 5v5 situations, not 
uh, power play, but 5v5 highest save percentage of every goalie in the league that played over a thousand <gasps> minutes. That's well, so what I was going to say, like he started out the season in Pittsburgh, went to Florida, and then Montreal picked him up. Nice. In Pittsburgh, he had a sub 800 save percentage. Yeah, mm-hmm. he got in, slacked. In Florida, he had a very sub 900 save percentage. Mm-hmm. And then in Montreal, where he did play the majority of his games, he had a 929 save percentage. Yeah. Like, I don't know what more you want from your backup than that. And especially like... I think it was a desperation move. I guarantee you Waite had a big hand in saying, look, I oh, know yeah. I can work with him. We Look what we've done before. And Montoya was out with the concussion. There's no timeline to that kind of thing. And I think they felt then, as they probably do now, is that Lindgren is so close, but not quite there. Mm-hmm. And he would do mm-hmm. so much... Um, he would benefit so much more from having some more AHL time under his belt, being a number one goaltender, having some more playtime, especially I think now this season with a new regime mm-hmm. at the helm down there. I think um, with a maybe a slightly more structured team in front of him as well, I think he'll really benefit from that. So I'm pretty excited about this move. I think it's a, a good kind of stopgap until Lindgren's ready to come back up um, and actually be a backup. I right. don't know for how long that'll last, but I think it's a really, I think Niemi was a really good fit here. He's one of those guys who um, seems to accept his role as a backup fairly well. And I think they're sometimes hard to come by because everybody wants to be the starter. So, I mean, he came in, he knew his role and he did it really well. And I don't know what more you can ask for him. So I'm pretty excited for that signing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he accepts his I would agree also that he's accepting of his role because he can't bring his blocker up as fast as Price because it's weighed down by his ring. <clears throat> exactly. But, um, no, but, I mean, seriously, everything that you just said, absolutely agree, and in particular with the goalie situation that the Habs have, which is a good problem to have because they have, like, mm-hmm. a glut of pretty decent goalie prospects coming up. Niemi uh, becomes... You know, the backer, Lindgren gets more time at the AHL with pretty much a new team with that because there's going to be new players coming in. They got the new head coach. And, yeah, not to reiterate everything that our wonderful mm-hmm. Ashley said, but it's all true and it's great. I had another angle that I wanted to add about yes. uh, Niemi as well, and that is that he's he had – a little bit of that chip on his shoulder aspect as well. Mm. I mean, having had sort of the brutal uh, record that he had with the other three teams before he wound up on waivers. Yep. Um, recall that the Habs were a laughing stock when they picked up Niemi. Correct. And that is what I'm getting at. It, and and the fact that they, they picked him up was another subject of ridicule in Montreal. And he was sort of mercilessly roasted by the media, by the fans and everybody else. And um, so he had that chip on his shoulder going for him. And like, don't forget, he went into Nashville and he took those guys to a shootout, like single-handedly that game was Mm -hmm. like all Niemi. And um, so when you talk about like the Vegas Golden Knights and the chip on their shoulder and they're sort of lightning in a bottle that they've got this year and how... You know, at least Ashley and I don't think that that's going to be repeated. Uh, the difference with Niemi is that it, it may it might not be a chip on his shoulder situation anymore, but he's with a team that appreciates him. He's, you know, um, um, he loves being in Montreal and he's with Stefan Waite. 
And so it's it's not sort of like, oh, we've, we've got to have all of these little sort of stars aligning for Niemi to be as successful next year. Um, I, I'm, I'm really feel really positively about him playing a number of games and having Carey Price be well-rested for mm-hmm. the playoffs. For that long playoff run they're having next year. For the long year. playoff mm-hmm. run next that year. huge mm-hmm. run. Oh, my God. 16 wins is a lot, man. It's tough. It's tough. It really is. Um. So, yeah, that's uh, good news uh, on the Habs end. Uh, some other Habs news would be Paul Byron had a very nice plug uh, from the uh, Habs writers that worked directly uh, with the team. And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read it. But if one of my lovely co-hosts can take over at the moment and tell us what did Paul Byron do? So it was a really just sort of a brief article um, that was on the Habs Twitter account today. And the the tweet was one moment, please. Shoot. I thought I was going to be ready. Uh, So a second straight 20 goal season for Paul Byron. Okay. That's the highlights one, but the tweet itself was for the second year in a row, at J.P. Byron, 89, was the lowest shooting member of the NHL's 20-goal club. Which is incredible. and Which is incredible. Like two 20-plus goal seasons consecutively. But um, what they go on to say in the article is that there's a lot of nice quotes in there from the player and sort of previous quotes from earlier in the season as well. But, you know, like when you talk about, you know, Fourth round pick, uh, picked up from the the Flames on waivers. You know, he was kind of a running, it was kind of a bit of a running joke, you know, all the breakaways that he got that he'd never connect on when he was with the Flames. And he's just, he talked about how, you know, when you're playing, um, he, he tries to be uh, a good player to play with. He wants to be, you know, sort of a good support for his um, line mates. And um, when you start connecting on your goals, your confidence begins to grow. And um, it's just a really nice story about how, you know, he's it's just his work ethic and his d- desire to go there and be the guy that his coach wants him to be and be, you know, whatever's best for his team. And, and I don't know, I just, I really, really like the player but um it kind of got me thinking of like the bad year the quote-unquote bad year disappointing year whatever it is that you want to call it of Archery Lekkonen because he had that kind of year where just kind of nothing was going in for him he had he did have the injury um nobody tended to sort of attribute his performance to the injury and sort of the lack of confidence and everything else. But I just find like if he, he kind of has the same, like the the guy's mad, talented, the, you know, coaches love him. He's very responsible. He's super intelligent on the ice. And once his goals start going in, like, you know, I can, I can name so many people on the team. There's so much talent on the team that everybody thinks is, is such a dumpster fire. But, you know, if we get a couple of good pieces next year, Look out. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, Lekkonen, unfortunately, did have a yeah, subpar year. But, I mean, for love of Pete, people, it's his sophomore year. Yeah. I mean, God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Crosby has an off year every once in a while. It's like, give mm-hmm. the kid a break. Lekkonen was like a... Mm, I don't want to go out of my range here, but he was like... He put up records over in Frolunda, I mean, where mm-hmm. uh, he was playing in 
Frölunda, I think, is either Finland or Sweden, you know, one of the Scandinavian leagues. And mm-hmm. he was an all-star over there. So you can't can't dismiss that talent. You know, once he actually... Saku Koivu thinks a lot of him. Well, d- done. That's all you mm-hmm. need to know. Over. <laughs> yep. All That's conversation That's has it. been eliminated. <laughs> um, I... I do think there's some, I mean, you need to have some learning curves and whatnot. So for sure, that's a thing I think that's probably happening with Lekkonen. But I mean, it's the same thing we've been talking about all along. Paul Byron mentions it in this article too, in one of his quotes after he won the um, Unsung Hero Award, um, that, you know, if you're not doing well, then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when you are scoring, then you get more confident and you just start finding those chances where maybe you weren't finding them before. So um I do think that that plays a big part. Uh, it's it's funny, we were just talking about how Vegas kind of has this lightning in a bottle and they're not going to replicate it next season because I feel like almost everybody said that about Paul Byron last year and then mm-hmm. like the year before this past season. And then this past season, it's kind of like he was like, yeah, really? You think that's what happened? So I'm going to show you how I can do it again. Because that this, this wasn't the player that we saw in Calgary, at least that I... Mm-hmm. had ever seen before um and i think it's it's kind of cool that he in this article again he mentions that he doesn't think he's changed the way that he plays but just that he's getting more chances and more opportunities because of the opposition he's against and the the t- ice time he gets and the line mates he has and and i think that goes to what you i think you were speaking about veronica about the belief in your coach um, yeah, and, and knowing when and how to play you and, and giving you that confidence in yourself too. Um, the other piece that I just wanted to mention because it wasn't mentioned in this article, but I've read it in a, oh, another one before that Paul Byron has mentioned those videos that people posted of all his breakaways in Calgary where he just <laughs> kept missing actually helped. He watched them and he watched them, I think with a coach in Calgary and figured out where he was going wrong and all these breakaways, why things weren't happening and it was actually helped him. I think he said he was getting ahead of himself because he was go- get- going so fast. We know how speedy he is. <laughs> that that he was getting ahead of himself. Total sense. It yeah, is such so he, a joy. He slowed it down a little bit, and now look what he can do. So I think it's kind of cool that this little mocking thing that fans did, he's like, no, actually, thanks. That was helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's. It, I always get just this thrill when on you know when they're on the PK and mm-hmm. he grabs that puck and he just throws it ahead He's and he just catches gone. it. <laughs> yeah. Like he catches gone. it to himself. Yes, he does. Literally every time they get a penalty, I'm like, oh, Paul Byron short yep. goal. Here we yep. go. Done. I <laughs> assume it'll happen every penalty. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He'll at least get a breakaway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the article, it mentioned that, um, hold on, I think I screenshot. I screenshot it. Um, yes. Um, he... Um, his high danger scoring chances were second only to Brendan Gallagher's on the team. Wow. Significant. Cool. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for Paul Byron. It is awesome. So it's good to I'm see excited. it's um it and it goes and it gives credence to uh to the uh renewed push that the Habs uh, social media team has been doing because they've been doing like little pieces like this on the players like for the past few weeks now, ever since, you know, the change in mm-hmm. Uh, you know, personality happened, which is great. And if anybody doesn't like it, get out. <laughs> now, that being said, uh, some other players mm-hmm. that they have mentioned and that we should mention, and we have been so terrible about covering this, is the International Ice Hockey Federation Tournament, the World's 
we have not been covering that much very well, and that's too bad. Um, we couldn't even remember what it was called. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, the two players that we're going to talk about is Charles Lindgren for uh, Team USA and Jacob De La Rose for Team Sweden. I'll start with Chuck in that, um, yeah, Team USA, unfortunately, you know, for some of us, uh, defeated uh, Team Canada for the bronze medal match and won bronze, which is great. Good, good for them. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Charles didn't have too much of a role to play in that, at least in on the ice. Uh, he was the third-string goalie because this AHL goalie was a third-string goalie getting called up for international play because they the team had a uh, team USA had a uh, Keith Kincaid and uh, Scott Darling as their one and two, mm. and you know oh. Lindgren's not quite that level, but hey, he was there helping out at practice doing all sorts of things and it's a good experience for him so now we have an ahl goalie that has some international pedigree under him as well yeah and, and it's great. an honor just to be nominated a- exactly exactly absolutely <laughs> um and then he can pass out orange slices and bananas on the bench too. exactly yeah. that's key he's chilling out he's looking good he's enjoying but denmark great experience mm-hmm. it's good for him to be over there and be representing yeah. his country and he's got a bronze and exactly. mark andre Fleury is an olympic medalist for doing the exact for same exactly. thing exactly so, yep. mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that at all you contributed in your own way Damn yeah straight. now somebody else that contributed a little bit is jacob de la rose with team sweden takes mm. gold gold Woo. Jacob Del Rose is now a gold medalist did you see his instagram picture oh so happy no I'm sorry, but that smiling face is just like an angel. Oh, I know. And it was his birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he won it on his birthday, too. He won on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Aw. Mm-hmm. That's adorable. And you hear, um, I don't know if anybody heard Ray Ferraro. I haven't. Talking about him this week. And sort of like this just, <laughs> I don't understand what world we live in where Jacob Villa Rose becomes a lightning rod on social media for everything that has to do with the Montreal Canadiens. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. But it's like you, you say one good thing about Jacob Della Rose and people jump all over you. Yeah, screw that and shit. You like, ugh. But, but literally uh, a year ago, it would have been Jacob Della who? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Now they're like, oh, he's a hab. Well, yeah. let me tell <laughs> you a thing. Mm hmm. But, uh, I mean, I guess there's this fear that he – anyway, I'm not going to go down that road. But what Ray Ferraro, Ferraro, whatever, how um, he was saying that – Ferraro, Roche. Ferrari. (laughs) Ray Ferrari. But Ferrari is good too. He was talking about him and and it's kind of just like in a nutshell, Jacob De La Rose. Coaches like him. And if he – if – you are expecting if you're not expecting offense and goals from him he's a great player because mm-hmm. he's really responsible and he's responsible in his own end and he's thinking you know like you know making a player whatever it is but he's he's just not that guy who's going to be your offensive juggernaut and if you're not looking to get that from him he's great He's he just put it that way that he's just exactly what you expect. He's Thomas Placanitz. Exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, this shouldn't infuriate people because there are you know lots of different pieces that go into making a good team. And I mean, I don't dislike him, and I think that he seems, you know, uh, he he 
watched the game from the press box quite often last season. And he just, he seems to have like, you know, hate to say it, good attitude, <laughs> you know, and, and just a real professional. And, and, and when he's called upon, um, he goes there and he does his job and mm-hmm. whatever, how many minutes he gets or doesn't get, he's just there to do what he's doing, which might lead into something that we might want to talk about later. Okay. Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. We will keep yeah. that in mind. Um, yeah. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to rip through these a little bit. So yeah. that's uh, the IIHF. Uh, good job, all the Habs uh, participants. Uh, Team Canada probably could use a Brendan Gallagher and a Carey Price. So oh, yes. um, moving on, because their goaltending was bad. Moving on. Uh, Paul Wilson. Don't know the guy, but he's um, he's now the senior VP of public affairs and communications. So he's going to be mm-hmm. a new phase for the communication aspect of the organization. Um, the, what I looked up about him, which was super brief, was just that he's coming from a brewery. And that's it. I well, and he's <laughs> not just it's not just the Habs, it's everything. Yes, that's a very good point. It's Veronica, the you group. You have a better <laughs> understanding of this stuff than, than I would. So, have. it's it's not just the Montreal Canadiens, it's Bell Center, it's um, the Rocket, it's, you know, sort of the whole group of companies. I forget what it's, I think it's a Molson group of companies or um, is I don't it know related to find that for me. Is it related to Evenco or am I making Yes, that Evenco as well. They're, everything that's under the umbrella, he is going to be sort of the communications vice president for. So it's, it's not just the Habs alone. He's got everything under his purview and he reports to uh, Jeff Molson. Mm. Busy boy. That is a busy job. Busy. But good for him. That that should be exciting. Good for him. And he's, I mean, he mentioned something that doesn't come as news to any of us, but he mentioned that he's never seen such enthusiasm for uh, a brand as he has for the Montreal Canadiens. So it's, it's 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 a great job. It's going to be a great job to sink your teeth into. But the Montreal Canadiens is probably the largest aspect of it, but it's just mm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm. So I wanted to make, make mention of that. Is there anything else? More importantly, what color is his hair? It's like brown. Oh, uh, there's no gray? They're just trending backwards. What is going on? In this regard. <laughs> what a ripoff. <laughs> All right. So the last bit of directly Habs related news is Beth related as well. Beth, what did you do? <laughs> I asked Jake Evans a question. And it got <laughs> he on, answered it. <laughs> and it got on uh the the Ask Jake CHC video that the uh, the Habs put together for some players. Um I myself not to steal your thunder as most men do, Beth, but um I was lucky enough to get on Shea Weber's when he came on to the team. I asked him Oh cool. It's kind of funny because I asked him specifically about, "Hey, how's it feel to reunite with Alexander Radulov?" <laughs> and they picked that <laughs> question. <laughs> Oh, man. So, Beth, what did you ask Jake, and Um, what do you think? It's fun. I said, what do you think will be most challenging about your transition from a college hockey captain to a rookie in the NHL? Incredible question, too. That is a good question. Thanks. A really good question. Thank you. What was Um, his answer? He... Uh, it was it was a lot of um, about how he he thinks he has a lot to learn. Um, it's going to be a different environment. Um, so, but he's excited to learn from the players and the coaches. 
So it was it was a really it was a really generic answer. So but... several quality hockey cliches. See, he's yes. already learning. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, that's he's what got matters. a handle on this. Um, somebody asked him like another question. I think it was a couple questions after mine, but it was a really easy one. And he's like, Oh, thanks for the easy question. <laughs> Cause I think like a lot of them he was struggling with. Um, he seemed nervous in the video, but oh, he gave it 110%. Oh yeah. No, yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty yeah. Awesome. He had a good attitude. And he's yeah. going to be another guy in Laval too. That's going to be excellent. Yes. You know, a, a true bonafide center. That was a captain of Notre Dame, yes. which is yes. great. You know, we're just picking up captains left and right. Um, so with all that, now I'm going to move down to some more Laval Rocket news in that we have a new player that will be coming to Laval who is from Laval, a Felix Martineau. And <laughs> I don't Felix know. Felix with a PH. Felix with a PH. Yeah. And aside from that, I don't know a thing about the kid, but good job. That's all I wanted to say. Well, the way he spells his name is infinitely interesting to me. Oh, I've not fantastic. heard this of this variation of Felix before. Mm-mm, me neither. Me either. I know two Felixes in my life, too. Interesting. Felix hmm. the cat, and who else? Yeah. No, no, no. I know no, no, Felix no. the cat. No, no, no. I know, like, two living, breathing human beings named Felix. Felix, oh. um, whose last name I don't recall, plays soccer with me. Then the other guy I play hockey with, he's Felix Baudouin, and he's from Montreal. He's a contractor down in Albany, and he plays defense hard. He (laughs) cracked my visor in a game once with a stick. Yikes. Yeah, it shocked me. I was like, holy shit, and I didn't get a call. I was like, what the hell? I mean, it was And he's on your team? Yeah, well, you know, we we scrimmage, and he happened to, to oh, hit right, me. Right, right, we were right. scuffling, okay, and he okay. got me real good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's as it is. So uh, that is a signing for the Laval Rocket. So we have yet another player that's going to be new in the system. And then last, and certainly oh not wait, least, hang on, oh, I, have, I have two things. I have two things related to that. One, there's an accent on the e, and I wonder if we're not pronouncing it wrong. Uh, we talking about like Felix. A, a Felix. Yeah, something like that, maybe. Mm. Anyway, mm. just throwing that out there because I tend to pronounce things wrong when I've only read them and not heard them. Is it which which what is it an aigu or is it listen? Aigu or le, okay, I have okay. been out of high school okay. for a long time. I don't remember which. <laughs> I know. Is it, is. is it a it's a grave. Felix okay. or Felix? Crap! You know, mm-hmm. I just looked him up on HockeyDB. Apparently, you pronounce that Teddy. What? what? I'm lying. Anyway, so uh, the next. Uh, no, I had no. I wasn't done yet. I said I had two things. That was one. Number two. The, se- the second <laughs> one is in my googling of him to know anything about him other than his name is spelled with a ph. I apparently there's some sort of I don't know official something named Felix that stands for Performance Helix, and that's what I'd like his nickname to be from now on. Performance Helix. That's a muscle. Performance Helix. Okay. Performance wow. Helix. Yeah, so get used to that one. It's going to stick. Hashtag performance helix. There you go. (laughs) Nice. It's too many characters. Good thing we have more now. Yeah, see, see, it it worked out in the end. Um, Now you may move on, Dave. Thank you, Ashley. You're welcome. I appreciate that. (sighs) So, um, unfortunately, like we've been talking about with the regression of um, quality uh, salt and pepper people being hired into the HABS organization. Exactly. Uh, we have Daniel Jacob, uh, named assistant coach in Laval, who will be working, of course, with uh, Joao Bouchard. And he, Daniel Jacob, the only thing I know about him is that he is coming from Armada. 
essentially. So Joel is picking up somebody that he knows to help him out in Laval. Yeah, that one was heralded as a no-brainer. Like a no no surprise kind of thing. Cool. Very good. Yeah. And also disappointment like with the hair. The hair wise. Hair wise. Yeah, hair wise. <laughs> Jet black hair. Otherwise, oh totally God. cool with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, next time I go to a Laval game, I'll make sure to bring a sign that says all pepper, no salt, disappointment. <laughs> And I'll have his face there, and he'll be like, why? What? <laughs> because, listen to Happy Hour. Thanks, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention exactly. to the media that matters. Available on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And Podcast Attic? Yes. That, oh, okay. Yeah, I should actually mention that. Podcast Attic, I should have mentioned this many episodes ago, because when I never heard of it before. Podcast Attic seems to be a Google app for their podcasts so since google play music is a minefield to navigate uh Mm -hmm. try out podcast addict because it's just anything that's a podcast on google play it's on podcast addict and it's just easier to get to what you want to listen to like the happy hour uh brought to you every week (laughs) is it addict like you, where you store belonging, belonging. Oh no, okay. it's like a addiction. Addict. Addict. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. It's okay. One hundred percent thought you were saying attic, like the roof below the <laughs> like, roof of the house. Yeah, I was like, why would why you do want we... your podcast in an attic? That's why do we have to listen to an attic? That seems it's probably be like echoey, too restrictive. But at the same time, it has a lot of space. <laughs> Depends on the attic. I mean, if you have a bunch of podcasts, where are you going to put them? In the attic. In the attic. And attics are creepy. Even though all the attics are there. <laughs> I only have addicts. a crawl space. Can we can we call it podcast crawl space? <laughs> How about the podcast seller? <gasps> oh. Oh. There's some puns happening. There's some <laughs> the, good ones. The podcast of a Montiato. Don't you mean uh don't you mean the <laughs> pun cast? No, it's a it's a podcast. You guys. Yes, Veronica. <laughs> what do you want? Um, can we take a moment to talk about hashtag We Love Carrie? That was exactly the next item on my list. Hmm. Take it away, Veronica. So, our friend. Oh, good friend. And usually, when I say our friend, I I mean opposite <laughs> a friend, but our our actual buddy, John at the Eagle I love Dares. John. So do I. Good job, John. You made it um, on two straight really smart as episodes. Well, as it turns out, um, which is obviously not oh, surprising. Podcast. He tweeted yesterday about um, so he listens to a French language station, um, which I don't listen to, but apparently, like, I mean, I think it ha- has the respect of the Habs organization because they've they've um, gotten some good gets, as they say, and some really good guests and sort of prominent. Uh, figures within the Montreal Canadiens organization. Stéphane Waite was on yesterday. Um, God damn it. How come I can't find this right now? So Stéphane Waite was on there yesterday. And so John provided a service that he regularly provides for Habs fans on Twitter. And that is um, sort of tweeting out uh, translated quotes from the interview with Stéphane Waite. Um, And what came out of it, yesterday initially was 
um, only because I can't find it right now because I should have queued it up earlier. Would you? But, I, I have it. Would you like me to read it? Yes. Okay. So the direct quote that John provided from Stefan Waite says um, about Carey Price, he said he felt fans didn't like him anymore, but I told him to focus on the 95% of fans who adore him rather than the 5% who are tough with him on social media. The 5% bothered him a lot, but he realized that fans adore him and there is no doubt it did him a lot of good. Um, before that, he had said, Carrie's human. He may seem detached from everything, and he often is because he needs to be in order to do his job, but he admitted he had tears in his eyes. He said, I'm just human. It really touched him. And it being the uh, standing ovation that he, re- he received for surpassing um, Jacques Plante for all-time games played with the Habs. Mm-hmm. And so what came out of that, I thought, was um, there was some sort of uh, negative <clears throat> um, perception of what Stefan Waite had to say in that, you know, we've got a guy here who's making millions and millions of dollars. Um, you know, he's worrying about getting love from fans or whatever. But what I took from it was, you know, here's a guy who, you know, these guys hear what's going on in social media and media and everything else. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, particularly media and a lot of fans, as they tend to do, taking their cue from the media, were ripping um, Kerry last year. And yes, he did not have, uh, you know, the kind of year that he would have hoped to have or that the team would have hoped to have had last year. But he, he I think that the it, it becomes sort of the crescendo of negative, critical, angry voices becomes sort of like you, you, you sort of have to, you sort of end up thinking, wow, it's everybody. They all feel this way about me. And so I feel that when he had that ovation that day, um, he realized I think that he was genuinely surprised and that would make anybody emotional, especially sort of this outpouring of appreciation and love. It's not that he's this egomaniac that desires that and needs that and feeds off it. It's just just that he had ended up thinking, you know, like I'm putting myself in his shoes. I'm here for the next eight years. I've told these guys that I want to retire here. I was, he was emphatic about that when he signed the contract last summer. Um, you know, he's done everything that he can possibly can for the city of Montreal short of winning a Stanley Cup and all of a sudden it seemed that everybody hated him and I don't think again it's not about everybody quote-unquote hating him but it's not that he needs everybody to love him like he doesn't need to wash himself in praise every morning but it was just the surprise that wait a minute you know this place that I've chosen to make my home and the city that I've chosen to retire in um, they actually want me here after all like I think that he was literally that surprised and it took Stefan Waite saying don't focus on the 5% and those are Stefan Stefan's words don't focus on the 5% Think about the 95% who are out there and they've got your back and they're there to support you and everything else. And it turned into this whole tide of, you know, this love fest where the fans came out, you know, in support of Carrie Price and the hashtag we love you, Carrie. It was just brilliant by John. It trended. It got noticed by Angela, 
price so you know that Carrie's heard about it and it's just like this is this is what we want like these players they hear the uh you know the quote-unquote vocal minority or the five percent as Stefan Wait refers to them and they think that's everybody mm-hmm. and and it's it's part of my argument and Ashley knows this because you know we we we're having DMs about this sort of thing. We've been having DMs about this sort of thing for years. Um, it's like, I don't understand, like, sort of the the perpetu- perpetuating all of this negativity, I believe, begins with the media because they're wanting to encourage this sort of thing. And then everybody just sort of parrots everything that they hear and everything that they read. And, you know, and then you, I, I kind of find that they're almost like fans are kind of almost being used in a way because let's not forget that these media outlets are competing with each other to get most, you know, the most hits, the most clicks or however it is that they make their revenue. And so, but I've always just thought like, how do you think you're helping? Like these things that you say about Max Pacioretty, these things that you say about Carrie Price, these things that you say, I don't think that Shea Weber was, uh, was an object of derision, uh, from the media, at least from my point of view, but like, how exactly do you think they're helping? You're helping, and you talk about you want the team to win. I don't know how, with this sort of behavior, you're sort of encouraging a good mentality with these players, right? And like, I, they're already not scoring. They already know that they're not good. They're already, well, not not good. I don't want to say that, but that they're playing badly and not producing. You think that they don't know that? I was just going to say the exact same thing, Veronica. Like, I'm sure they're all there because they're competitive by nature. And to have a season like each of them had, maybe there were some individual successes. But as a whole, it was a pretty disappointing season for everybody involved. And especially someone like Carey Price, who is so used to playing at a completely different level than he showed us all last season. You know that was impacting him already. And then it just becomes the snowball effect that I've mentioned before when you're already feeling down and then people are just piling it on top of you. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's definitely not going to help. And I think, um, Stefan waits, um, quoting of Carrie saying, I'm just human. Like that honestly just broke my heart in two because people, like he has to say it. Well, like people seem to think that these professional athletes, because they seem to think that because you as a fan pay to be there, um, that you have now the right to treat them as though they're an object. And that is never okay in any situation, no matter what has happened. So I mentioned it on Twitter last night. I stand by it 100%. Things like this are why I despise things like goalie chants and any kind of derisive sort of cheering because... Why do you why do you have to be there to criticize someone else? Cheer your team, encourage your team's players. But there is nothing in this world that gives you the right to talk to someone and treat them like they're a piece of garbage just because you paid some money to sit in a seat one night. It just it drives me crazy that somebody thinks that's that's their right to voice their opinion in that manner. These are just people out there trying to do their best. Don't tell me they're not. None of those people are out there to give it a half-assed effort ever. And I see well the point of the Thank people you. who've become so defensive of their right to, like, criticize. Like, you can critique, of course, not, nobody mm-hmm. is perfect, but you're, if you are 
constantly harping and then kind of, you know, like I, speaking for myself, have, you know, I get subtweeted in ad infinitum every day on Twitter <laughs> about how I'm, you know, what, um, I forget what the word is, but I forget what the word is, but like sort of the attitude that um, kind of a moral high horse talking about how I won't criticize or 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 be cruel even to the players on my team and the blind sheep and yada yada. You're yada. an apologist. I'm You're a, oh, that's right. a Bergevinista, according <laughs> to You're one guy. <laughs> exactly. The more proper but, term for those that you know, want like, to criticize us. Is. is Bergemaniac, thank you. Yeah, Bergemaniac, it, the people have spoken. People but spoke, thank you. The other the other side of the coin is like, great, so you feel great about going there and hate, or not even showing up, which is the Montreal response, is not even showing up to the games. But um, like, how, I, I'm there to, like, again, as if it were my children, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be cheering them on. And if I, like, imagine if they, I brought them home with me and harped on them for every mistake that they made in the game. Like, how, how do you, like, I mean, obviously these aren't children. These are grown men who have made it to the NHL. So they've been through a lot. And so they're tough guys. But I mean, even now with the millennial players, there's this whole tide of having to sort of coddle them and treat them with kid gloves and everything else because millennials respond differently. Like just this sort of all of this negative piling on and there, then there's sort of this altruism about, well, we're not talking about the players We're we're angry with the management. And if you're happy with the management, then you're not a real fan, but no, like this actually does have an effect on the players as well. And, and especially the criticism that um, Carrie Price got this year. Again, we're all recognizing he did not have a great year, but to, to have it come to the point where he becomes emotional because people are actually cheering him and being supportive of him. I think that's like, that's kind of, I think that's a really low point for the fan base. And, and that's not even as low as it has been either. And I will start to speak on this topic as well. I don't have, I'm, I'm not going to put it as um, eloquently as um, Ashley Veronica did. But what I will say is that at one point, Angela Price had to say, I'm not cheating on my husband. So media and all the speculate, speculate, you know, all the people that speculated that go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Done. That was, that, that was an very well put. low point this season. So there's that. Was that. Embarrassing. Yeah. My other, that was a low point. Um, my next point. I'm uh, sorry. I have, uh, oh, no, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, but <laughs> sorry. No, um, no, no. My next point is just that the, the people that in particular that harped on, on price, of course, we're talking about uh, Twitter personalities. Well, Twitter people just in general, regular Joe Schmoes like the rest of us. But that's exactly the point. The regular Joe Schmoes. You don't know shit about Stefan Waite. You don't know shit about Carey Price. You no. watch stuff happen and then you get surprised that somebody is emotional about something. Get out of here. Like yeah. what? Like what? At what point in your life do you have the right to say, "Oh, so and so makes this much money. We should be worried uh, about uh, his mental state being affected by what the fans say." Eat shit. All right. Yeah. Well, 
what gives you the right to even think that? Never mind all the other, you know, great ideas that the rest of the people that write about the haves have. Like, oh, yeah, well, I will manage the team better like this. No, you won't. You write a fucking article. You don't know shit about anything else but writing articles. Go flip a burger somewhere. I bet you'll be shitty at that, too. It's ridiculous. Go dig a ditch. Do something useful for your life. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and in that, uh, I should I should clarify that ditch diggers are, you know, blue collar guys. I'm not saying something morbid. No. And there's no, there's absolutely no shame in any um, a, a job. If you work for a living, it's, there's, should absolutely be a lot of pride in whatever not. it is that you do. Yeah. But I, we just need to get back to a point where, but I, I just think that it's impossible now because there's so much extra competition now adding in the social media angle. But I just wish that we could go to back to a respectable point in the media where you are, um, reporting and bringing interesting ideas instead of just trying to make people furious. Yes, there was a bad year, but who who's made it better? Certainly not the media and certainly not certain personalities on, on social media, evidenced by the fact that Carrie Price had to say, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to... Uh... <laughs> Thank you for correcting me uh, about the uh, the jobs and what people do for a living. I meant yeah, to, no, I said that in we particular know what you because meant. we know what you meant. Well, I have to now, but I have to explain. These people have the power to spread negativity. If they were in another line of work, they wouldn't be nearly as able to do that. And that was my main point with that and stuff. Yes, and exactly. So, Beth, did you yes. have something to um, say? I'm sorry, I, I think did. I interrupted I you like two or three minutes ago. It's okay. Um, I I went on a on a bit of a rant before the podcast um, yes. tonight. Talk about it this was excellent. Now. <laughs> Do it. Um, and uh, like it just basically like I you I think we should all have the right to critique the team that we root for, to critique the management, to critique the players, what have you. Um, that's absolutely our right as fans, but there comes up like when you're attacking a person's like a, when you're attacking someone for being human, whether they make $1 a year or they make $10 million a year, like just because you have a lot of money, just because you play, a, just because you're a professional athlete, just because you have certain privileges, privileges that other people don't, you're, that doesn't mean that you are exempt from or exempt from being bullied or feeling the effects of bullying it doesn't mean that you are immune to being hurt um the whole sticks and stones break my bones words will never hurt me is fucking bullshit and but people they are behind a screen and they feel safe and so they say whatever the hell they want and it drives me bonkers like maria said yesterday we mm. <laughs> there's a whole Hi, day maria. that canada Hi, maria. <laughs> there's a whole day that canada dedicates to advocating for mental health but in the rest of the fucking year people are assholes oh yup and okay. i don't get it i'm sorry <laughs> no that's good but it, especially, especially I... towards professional male especially athletes, athletes. This, I like, mean, they have the utmost privilege, as you said. My hands are shaking. But that still doesn't give anybody <laughs> the right to treat anybody else that way. Ever. No. Like, 
And I think and the words that you said, Beth, were, were key. Of course, you. everybody as fans has the right to critique their team, but there's a difference between critiquing and discussing um, perhaps things that went wrong and ways to fix those. There's a difference between that and what has happened. Um, and I just, I think we're, we're seeing that ripple effect of what happens when we end up in this ceaseless cycle of negativity between media and fan base going back and forth. It's just, it's upsetting. Well, and I do see it as sort of the, the equivalent, sort of the figurative equivalent of like, you know, you've seen that parent who drags their children around and, and, and is criticizing them and giving them shit for doing something and just, you know, berating. It's just the equivalent of that. It's the equivalent of, you know, no matter where these guys go, everywhere they see, they see all of the, you know, the pitchfork crowd just berating their every move. And I do want to highlight, though, that this revelation or this sort of, you know, uh, what Stefan Waite had to say on, I, I, I don't know what it is, I think it's 91.9, what he had to say about Carey Price created this just outswell of support and positivity of uh, on Twitter last night that had me just like, my heart was just bursting like the, we love you Carrie. And it was just like on and on and on and on. And so it's just like, wow, look at us. Like the, like it's just sort of like the numbers, the sheer numbers. I was, I was surprised. The power of positivity. Happily surprised. Compels you. It was very refreshing. Yes. And that's what hockey Twitter in general could be. uh, You know, nevertheless, uh, especially with Haps Twitter, it'd be incredible if we had something like that year round. Jesus, I'd look forward to getting on Twitter during a game. It was, it used to be great. Granted, I myself am guilty of some tirades on game (laughs) nights that end an hour after the game. And I'm like, okay, well... (laughs) Well, and we're all emotional and passionate during the game. It's it's as if we're human. Exactly. Yes. And I wanted to say hashtag, we love you, Paul, Daniel, Philip, Nicolas, Jonathan, Byron, Alex, Brendan, Alish, Charles, uh, Arturi, Max, Nikita, Andrew, Logan, Jacob, Carl, Jordy, Noah, Victor, Uh, Jeff, Mike, David, Shay, Auntie, and Carrie. You had a list, didn't you? I've been reading them off, and I got the first initials. God, I got got the names. (laughs) That's good, though. That's very good. You did not do that from memory. I'm so impressed. (laughs) No, I was like, wow, (laughs) that's amazing. It's not just Carrie. No, absolutely, it's true. Hashtag very, very true. We love the Habs. Yeah, I love this team so much. Mm -hmm. Now, um, with that being said, we are way over time. (laughs) It's Um, the happy hour and a half. Yeah, almost. (laughs) Yeah, almost. But um, yeah, we can go into our three favorite moments, but I think we already know which one is ours. Can we make a consensus vote that our favorite moment was uh, John at Eagle Dares? The Eagle Dares, rather. Right? The Eagle Dares? Yep. The Eagle Dares. Yes. The Pronoun Eagle Dares. Eagle Dares. Um, 
put forth an incredible effort uh, that got trending uh, up in Montreal, and uh, and and the prices noticed, which means that Liv For noticed sure. too. Yeah, and that's important yes. too. That mm-hmm. is really important. So yeah, great job, uh, Habs fans. Um, screw you, haters. <laughs> and um, thanks for listening this weekend. They're not this even listening week. to us, so we don't even have to talk to them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the beauty of this pseudo job of ours. <laughs> All praise. That's it. So, yeah. um, everyone have a good night. Bye. 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 Dave, can I, can I just say, because it's driving me crazy, that, 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 I think it's an article.